0: Well it's good to be back in church this morning and um Judah and I have been away for the last uh two sundays and uh, it's it's been good we've been on a sort of spiritual uh detox if you can call it that i don't I think detox is a bit of a a sort of a, of an easy way of looking at it really um what we what we experience we we sort of went on a a ministry couples uh, retreat. We were given a choice. Uh, we, 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 these uh, these retreats, we've been trying to do it since last August and um, we we got a call about a month ago just uh, offering us the opportunity to go on retreat. Two had come up with cancellations and, um, and one was in uh, Burton-on-Trent and uh, the other was in Truro. Um, so it was a really hard decision. Um, <laughs> But we decided to go to uh, Truro, um, which was lovely. But we didn't actually see a lot of Truro during the week because uh, the retreat was um, was very intense. And uh, the first day we were on this retreat, um, we thought we were just going to meet this lovely couple who were going to minister to us. Um, we thought we were going to have a cup of tea with them, a bit of cake. And there was a three-hour session uh, last Sunday, uh, Sunday before last and then every day was split up into three hours with Julia in the morning and three hours with me in the afternoon. And we had homework and CDs to listen to and and things to pray. And uh, they basically uh, just ministered into um, everything we've been through throughout our lives, really. And uh, uh, some of it traumatic and, and some of it painful and the ungodly beliefs and uh, soul ties and uh, some demonic stuff. And uh, it was really challenging and I remember saying to Julia by the time we got to Thursday I, I was saying to her oh I can't wait for Saturday I can't wait for, for us to, to get through this thing and then on the Saturday morning we had to um, uh, go together as a couple and uh, sit and look lovingly into each other's eyes and, and and tell each other what God had done for us during the week three or four things and read out our new godly beliefs to each other and, and then we uh, uh, we, we renewed our marriage covenant uh, to one another as well and then took communion together. So so that's what we were doing uh, last week. We came back on Monday. Uh, the elders encouraged us just to take last Sunday off and just process everything that we've been through. But it was really amazing. And thank you for uh, releasing us to uh, to do that. So that really came quite at the last moment. And um, I was supposed to be launching this new series on Summer Fruit last Sunday, um, but of course didn't get a chance to uh do it, so I'm on today and and next Sunday, and very privileged to uh to be doing it so we're we're looking at um summer fruits. this is our new teaching series those of you who weren't uh, here last week uh Chris launched it uh, really well last sunday and um we' really just wanted to focus for the for the nine Sundays of July and August on um the fruits of the spirit and uh they're not individual fruits, just to say First of all, you know they, they are the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit. It's the um, the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that uh, develops these fruit within our lives. And the fruit of the spirit is the character of Jesus being developed more and more in each of our lives. And I want you to read for just for a bit of context. Um, Galatians chapter 5 and, and just starting to read at uh, verse 13 it's going to be up on the screen for you um, and Paul writes this and he, he's encouraging the believers in Galatia to live in freedom and to walk in the spirit and he talks about what that looks like and he says you my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly in love For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you're not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So this is like the blueprint, if you like, of how God wants us to live as his people and, and the way in which we're allowing the indwelling Holy Spirit to, to change us and transform us from within. Becoming more like Jesus every day is the thing and, and so I, I just encourage you as we go through this series to, to expect God the Holy Spirit to work on you from the inside out and change you and transform you. And as we go through this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, as we go through this fruit, to to maybe just say to God, you know, is there an area where you just want me to to develop deeper? And you know, is 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 there a if you like a lack in my life? I, I went for a season of of just praying about these things every day and father st father just just fill me with more love more, more peace more more joy more patience more kindness help me to be gentler help me to be to be a nicer person just pray through uh, these things but also as well just to 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 crucify those things that are not the fruit of the spirit those things that were in the list that that sometimes as as people we just you know we fire off and and we sin and it's interesting isn't it in the passage that he says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires that suggests to me it's not an automatic thing when we become a Christian that sometimes we have to work on those things with God's help and and we identify those things or those closest to us notice those things and say, well, you know, you've got a real anger problem there, Simon. So we take it to God and and say each day, Father, you know, will you just soften my heart? Will you help me to show more grace to people? May my reactions not be angry or whatever it is. So there's encouragement in this series to do both of those things to just allow the Holy Spirit to change us and transform us and make us more like Jesus. So today, we're on joy. My sister's name is actually, is Joy. Her name, her name was, um, she was named Daphne Joy. She didn't like Daphne. She did not. I had an aunt who was a missionary called Daphne. And uh, my sister Joy actually rang me last night did not like Daphne so she was joy for the rest of her uh, days she would never call Daphne in fact when we were kids we used to call her Daphne just to annoy her um, in fact there was a variation like it called Daphne that we used to call her as well but I wonder what was the moment that brought you the most joy when we think of uh, joy what was the moment maybe it was a, a long-awaited dream uh, maybe it was getting married maybe it was having the the child maybe a promotion at work, maybe exam success, maybe a trip or a, a visit somewhere or a sporting event. I mean, in our house, when Leicester City won the Premier League, there was such joy. When they won the FA Cup, there was such joy in our house. When they got relegated a few weeks ago. Anyway, we're moving on to the next, uh, the next part of it. So the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Joy was a constant theme for Paul. 131 times in 10 letters he encourages the believers to be joyful he said rejoice in the Lord always rejoice in the Lord always when I was typing that into my iPad I I had a flashback to when I was a teenager and there was that song wasn't there rejoice in the Lord always and it would do a round wouldn't it Rejoice! I'm not. No, we're not going to do it right now. But it, it was just. Uh, it was. A, it was a very popular song back then. The dictionary definition says uh, joy is a deep feeling or condition of happiness or contentment. And joy is one of the three main virtues of inner life in Christ: love, joy, and peace. And the internal work of the Holy Spirit, as I said, is to develop that fruit of the Spirit. To develop joy and as God's people we should be manifesting joy we should be the most joyful people on earth tell that to your neighbor cheer up your misery we're supposed to be the most joyful people on the planet Psalm 35 verse 10 says this everlasting joy will crown their heads everlasting joy and I don't think that for a moment is pointing towards a future in eternity but but right now We should be the most joyous people on the planet. Joy is a condition of the heart. It's a condition of the heart. It's more than just a a facial expression. You know, an outward appearance, a sort of a cheerful grin, if you like, sort of an optimistic feeling, a positive feeling, you know, a sort of um, almost a pretense, you know, how are you, brother? Oh, deep joy, deep joy. With gritted teeth, it's a, it's it's an inner contentment, it's a satisfaction, it's a it's a fulfilment, it's having peace in your heart, it's having confidence in God based on on who He is, on your experience of Him, of your knowledge of Him, your faith in Him, and I think it's a resource from God to lift us above the, the external circumstances. We're going to look at that in a few moments, There's, the sort of inner turmoil that sometimes goes on in our hearts. But this is a thing. God's will for you is to have a joy-filled heart, a joy-filled life. The early church was characterised by gladness and the joy of the Lord. If you read through the early part of Acts, you'll see that they they were full of joy. There was lots of gladness in their hearts. It was a distinguishing mark of the kingdom of God. Romans 14 verse 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's God's plan for us. And joy is a choice. It's a choice. We choose joy. Even in the worst times of our lives, we choose joy with God's help. Why do I say this? Well, let's have a look at a few verses. 2 Corinthians 6, uh, verse 4. Paul says this, and you're probably familiar with all uh, Paul's trials and tribulations and troubles that he went through, but this is one of the examples of it. Rather as servants of God... Oh, you can read it's okay it's big enough on there as servants of God we commend ourselves in every way listen to this list in great endurance in troubles hardships and distresses in beatings imprisonments and riots in hard work sleepless nights and hunger in purity understanding patience and kindness in the holy spirit and in sincere love in truthful speech and in the power of god with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left through glory and dishonor bad report and good report genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown dying and yet we live on beaten and yet not killed sorrowful yet Always rejoicing. How incredible that he could say that. When you read the New Testament, we read his story and see everything he went through, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. And in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 4, he says this, I've spoken to you with great frankness. I take great pride in you. I'm greatly encouraged in all our troubles. My joy knows no abounds it's amazing isn't it and you know what as I'm just thinking as reading through those words it says to me that if Paul could be joyful having gone through all that then surely we can as well and we're going to look at how we can do that um this morning and then 1 Thessalonians 5 16 rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus so we choose joy we choose to rejoice in who God is and what he's done regardless of our circumstances I think doing so helps us just to get our focus on God again so we're going to look at some joy stealers this morning I'm going to put them up you know Paul wrote to the um, Galatians in Galatians four fifteen. he says to them what has happened to all your joy what's happened to it and maybe somebody needs to hear that this morning what has happened to all your joy You were so joyful. What has happened to your joy? And and here we go. We're going to look at some things that steal our joy. Number one, external circumstances. Weather, traffic, potholes. Some of them have been filled, haven't they? It's amazing. Praise God. Uh, The news. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I used to love watching the news. I love current affairs. I barely watch the news anymore. It's full of misery. Those, those producers, those directors need slapping, don't they? Give us some good news. Give us some happy stories. There's lots of good things happening in the UK and the world. Why do they have to bombard us with this garbage all the time, getting on my high horse and getting, losing my joy? Social media, you know, base rate um, rises, cause us to, they steal our joy. Number two, other people. You know, negative people, critical people, judgmental people, people who whinge all the time, divisive people, complainers, discouragers, kill joys. There are lots of them out there, aren't they? We need to avoid them like the plague, the kill joys. Number three, weariness, tiredness, busyness, overwork. I'm sure we we said this last summer when, when I was preaching on something. We certainly did it in the well-being course. But you know, there are times where we need to review our schedule. Have you done it yet? Some of you are incredibly busy, so busy it steals your joy. Maybe reduce some things, drop out some things, as long as it's not church things. Reduce some things. Number four, illness, long-term health issues, and ailments. They can steal our joy, can't they? Can You know, and if you, you know, I, I, you know, when I was timing these things out, I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm sure we've got people in church, um, well, we definitely have, who, who've got long-term health issues. Get some prayer this morning as we close. Get some prayer. Don't quit praying. Don't accept the status quo. Don't settle for second best. Keep receiving prayer for those things. Number four, number five, being too serious about life it's so easy sometimes isn't it? it just gets too serious too bogged down with life It's a trap that we can fall into so easily and yet we've been called to have a childlike faith to be like a child Julia says to me i'm really childish And and I enjoy being childish. They say in every man there's a little boy trying to get out all the time. Sometimes we'll be be sat in the lounge in the evening and um, she'll be on her iPad and I'm on my iPad and there's something on telly that we're barely even watching. And sometimes, uh, because I I I wear reading glasses, I'll do a sort of uh, Eric Morecambe thing where I put my glasses at an angle on my face and I'll just just look over at her because she sits over to my right. And she'll, she'll ignore me. She'll try and ignore me for a while. And I'll go, Julia... And she'll look, she's not in the room at the moment, is she? I don't know where she is. Probably, probably fed up with my preaching. Um, and anyway, in the end, she bursts out laughing because I'm being really silly. Um, but we take life too seriously. Have you got too serious about life? It's a joy stealer. Uh, number six, disappointment and unfulfilled dreams and regret. I've definitely experienced that at times during my life. And they're joy stealers. Discontentment, number seven, coveting and jealousy and comparison. How many of us have done that? Just compare ourselves to others. We look at what they've got and we want it. I mean, I thought Truro was lovely last week. I just thought I could live in this place. Why did you call me to Banbury, Lord? <laughs> I mean, it was beautiful. All those places, Falmouth and you know Newquay and everywhere around. Never been that part of the world before in my life. It's beautiful. You know, social media and marketing people feed that discontentment. Paul says, "For I'd learned to be content, whatever the circumstances." I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Number eight, not doing anything you enjoy. You're not going to be joyful, are you? If you don't do anything you enjoy. And I think sometimes in our lives, we have to purposely decide to do things that recreate us. It's called recreation. We recreate us, we do the things that we love to do and that creates joy. Number nine, the next one. Um, by the way, the life group leaders, if you want these notes, you can have them, just just email me today and or, or tomorrow morning and we can send them to you if you want to do them in your life groups. Um, number nine, disobedience. Ooh. It's miserable when we're disobedient to God. When God's asking us to do something, when we've made a commitment to God to do something, we've made a vow to God and we still haven't done it, when he's challenged us through his word to change in some way and we're just being disobedient to him, that is a joy stealer. Because let me tell you this, you'll never be happy until you obey God. You won't be. You'll be uncomfortable. Things will be awkward until you obey him. Number 10, sin. That is a joy stealer. Listen to what David said after he'd committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. In Psalm 51, he says this, in me, me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. And here's the result of what he'd done. Restore to me the joy of ours, of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He'd lost something, he'd sinned badly before God and he'd lost his joy. I wonder if sin is stopping you, is stealing your joy. False expectations is the next one. You know, expecting everyone and everything to be perfect. Sometimes we do that, don't we? We were driving back from Truro and Julia turned to me and she said to me, it's a shame Uh, that there aren't other drivers who drive as perfectly as you on the road (laughs) now I don't know what prompted her to say that I thought it was a compliment at first Um, but we do have false expectations don't we of people when we're driving and I've got to be honest I am a pretty perfect driver Um, but there are others on the road who get in my way, won't move over, and and all kinds of things don't indicate. They're mainly BMW drivers, to be honest. Are there any BMW drivers in the house today? Thank goodness for that. Um, Number 12, (laughs) living in the past. Living in the past, all the the failures and disappointments and missed opportunities, they can steal our joy. Number 13, bereavement and grief and loss naturally. are joy stealers? of course they are. And I'm not just talking about, you know, losing someone we love, but, you know, losing a job we love or a home or, or whatever it is. They can be joy stealers. Life's if onlys. If only I'd taken that job, that career, that exam. If, if I'd only I'd married her, not him. I'm sure there's nobody in here like that this morning. If only we hadn't bought that house. If we ha- only we'd relocated when they had the opportunity. They can be joy stealers. Number 15, unforgiveness, of course, mentioned earlier. It's a miserable place harbouring unforgiveness. We say this all the time in church because I don't want you guys to get trapped by this. We must forgive. Forgive as Christ forgave you. Otherwise, it will steal your joy. Be yourself. There's two more. Be yourself. Just be yourself. Be comfortable in your own skin. If you're constantly trying to be like somebody else or be what somebody else wants you to be, It would steal your joy. I experienced this for years when I first went to Bible college and until God gave me that verse, by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace to me is not without effect, the words of Paul. And I realised, Simon, you've got to be yourself. God's made you the way you are. Be a very good Simon Lawton. Be the best Simon Lawton with God's help. But when we're trying to be somebody else, it steals our joy. And then the final one, trials and tribulations. They steal our joy. And I want to focus on this just for a moment or two. And I think this might resonate with with, with maybe maybe some of you this morning. But, you know, when we first got married in 1987, uh, I married Julia, some of you knew people to the church. She was, she was a widow with three little boys under the age of five. And uh, we moved in. I had a flat. We moved into her house. Um, and after a couple of years, we thought, um, you know, we're we'll buy our own new home together. And we bought one of these beautiful new homes, like like those lovely homes that surround uh, Banbury at the moment, that are being built on every bit of green space around Banbury. And it's one of those lovely four-bedroomed new home. It had a double garage next to it. It had remote control garage doors, which was just amazing for somebody like me. What a loser I am. I drive up, drive into the drive, had a fairly decent drive, press the thing, just see if any neighbours are out. <laughs> press the button, doors come up, put the car in the garage, walk around, press the button, doors close. It just love that house, actually where Sarah was born, uh, in, in that house. And, and then there was a financial crash and the mortgage rates went up to 14%. And some of you are sweating at 6%. Imagine what 14% was. Terrific. And uh, at the same time, the franchise news agency that I was running, they changed the terms of the deal. And my income from being a very successful news agent in central Leicester took a dive. The mortgage rates went up and my income went down. We couldn't sell our house, as many are experiencing today. Uh, We incurred massive losses with our news agency and negative equity, and there was nowhere to turn. The banks back then wouldn't help. There was no government saying, you can go on interest only for a year, it was nothing. We were in serious trouble, and we had four children, four young children, and uh, it was just a mess, it was horrific. It was absolutely horrendous. And so my heart goes out to you today. If you're experiencing those things, your mortgage rates are going up and um, you, know, you don't, know, don't know what to do, let me tell you this, God will bring you through. Trust God. He will bring you through. And, and your pastor knows what it's like to be in that place. It was horrific. It lasted for two or three years. And um, But here's the thing. So one Sunday, I'm in our Baptist church and um, this stuff is just, you know, I feel responsible for it. Um, I feel the pain of it. And here's, here's the other thing I didn't tell you. My business was so bad that it wasn't worth doing it anymore because there was too many hours involved and I wasn't getting paid. I built this business if so I wasn't being paid what I'd been paid previously. And so I decided to take a job as a lorry driver because it was better paid. So I became an egg man. I delivered eggs all around Leicestershire. I still can remember some of the Chinese restaurants and places like that where I delivered when I drive around. But um, so I went from having this lovely home to having to get on a bike every day and cycle to the farm. I'd got my own business. I ended up delivering eggs. And sometimes I would, I would stop off on the way home, um, and our neighbours thought, thought at one point I was, that Julia was having an affair with the Eggman because an egg lorry parked outside the house uh, quite often. But the shame of it, the shame of it, of having your own business and then delivering eggs was, was painful. And I can remember one Sunday um, standing in church and we were singing the song, We declare your majesty. We proclaim your name is exalted. And I'm stood there, my arms are in the air. I'm worshipping God. I'm declaring all these truths about God and yet I couldn't see it in my life at all. And as I'm worshipping God, the tears are rolling down my face because I'm believing it, I'm trusting God, but I cannot see it anywhere in my life right now. So, you know, if you're going through a trial and a tribulation right now, if you're struggling right now, I just want to encourage you to trust God. And where does the joy come into this? Well, there's a great quote from Rick Warren, who who wrote Purpose Driven Life, and he says this: "Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation." I love that quote. Uh, it's just it sums it up for me, really. And you know, God brought us through that time. He brought us through that season. Help came. It took two or three years. When we were at college, we went to college with about £12,000 worth of debt, somewhere around there. You know, in those first couple of years of being at Bible college, having very little income, God cleared all those debts that we'd incurred of being a news agent. He just cleared a lot of them out, bit by bit. In fact, I used to have a, a meeting with a tax man about once a month just to see where we were up to. And he couldn't believe that our debts were just going down all the time. He just couldn't believe what he was seeing. He said, how is this, how is this happening? You know, I was obviously probably cynical. How is this happening? You've not got any income coming in. How are you clearing these debts? So we get this great quote from, from Rick Warren and there are two key parts to it. Quiet confidence and a determined choice to praise God in every situation. You know, I want to encourage you this morning, even if, even if you can't see it, even and everything, everything's a mess, even if you're struggling with stuff, live by faith, not by sight. Praise God in faith for what he's going to do. Remember our example that it was horrendous, let me tell you. It was so bad, but God brought us through it. Bit by bit, day by day, month by month, and... Um, You know, I'm just so grateful for him. And you can have joy. You can worship and praise him during that time. You know, um, I want to say this as well. You know, worship and praise will often bring a breakthrough. And I don't know what happened that that morning when I was stood there crying and worshipping God, but I think God honoured the sacrifice of praise that morning, the faith praise, the worship in spite of what was going on all around. And from that moment on, things just started to, fall into place you see we've got a great biblical example haven't we with Paul and Silas they were arrested and put it up on screen if you like Acts 16 where they, they dealt with this slave girl and they get severely beaten they get thrown in jail and they start to sing praise songs of worship to God And there's this earthquake, and um, which shook the foundations, and the doors are flung open, and um, the prisoners could have um, escaped if they'd wanted to. to. And you see, as they as they worshipped, as they rejoiced in God, the miracles started to happen the jailer and his whole household were saved and baptized actually the passage says they were filled with joy out of this sacrifice of praise and joy these guys got saved and they were filled with joy and you know Hebrews 12 verse 2 says this let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand at the, at the right hand of the throne of God. This is my go-to verse when I'm going through a tough time. I just go to this verse, I read it out, I say, Jesus, I'm going to fix my eyes on you in spite of what's going on around me. You're the author, you're the perfecter of my faith and you kept your eyes set like flint for the joy set before you and I'm going to do that. And here's the key word, endurance. Help me to endure like Jesus did that's the thing, that's what I pray. In spite of what I see around me, in spite of everything I'm going through, help me to endure, help me to keep going, help me not to quit and help me to be full of joy and praise. So I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what's going on in your world, whether there's a financial crisis going on or you're suffering with ill health or if there's an uncertain future or your job's under threat or you're being persecuted at work or you're waiting for results or the marital issues. I don't know what it is but remember what Rick said, can we just go back to uh, what Rick Warren said? Yeah, back at another one. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. It's a choice. And here's a promise maybe for someone this morning. You're going through stuff right now trials and tribulations Psalm 126 verse 5 says this those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy it's been my experience definitely over the years those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy so quickly what's the result of losing our joy 1 Thessalonians five sixteen says this always be joyful never stop praying whatever happens give thanks because it's God's will in Christ Jesus that you do this. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. So number one, as quickly, the fire goes out. That's the first thing, the passion. We lose our passion for God. We lose our attractiveness to others. The fire goes out. Number two, faith goes out the window when we lose our joy. We live by faith, not by sight. And perhaps that's a word for someone this morning. A faith would just go out the window as we lose our joy. We lose our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's our strength. That deep-seated condition that Rick Warren spoke about is our strength. That's where our strength comes from. That inner joy, that contentment, that that thought that God knows all the details of our lives and it's going to be okay. He is with us and for us. Number four, we fail to refresh and uplift others. It's one of the other results. We become so focused on ourselves on our own problems, our own issues, that we forget other people. And one of the best um, uh, things that I can encourage you to do is if, if life is going so bad and there's so much stuff going on, focus on helping someone else. Focus on encouraging someone else. Look for someone else to bless and encourage if you're going through stuff. So what one thing, one thought, one situation or person is stealing your joy? Jesus said the thief comes to steal But I have come that you might have life. And listen, it could be a regular thing here. It could be the same person who says the same thing, like me to my sister, Daphne. Daphne. It could be the same thing, someone in the workplace who does the same thing all the time that steals your joy. It could be your husband. It could be your wife. I don't know what it is, but is there somebody who's triggering you? Or is it one thing? Three things you can do. I thought this up, well, I think God gave me actually as I was just preparing. Three R's. Number one, recognize you're in a spiritual battle, you're in a war. Don't let the world, the flesh, the devil steal your joy. Don't let them do it. Recognize that that's what's going on. Number two, refuse to allow it any longer. Don't allow that situation, that person, that thing to steal your joy for a second longer. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to the word of God. And number three, respond with the word of God. What does God say about your situation? What does God say about other people? This is what Judah and I were were looking at with these uh, ungodly beliefs and godly beliefs. We're replacing ungodly beliefs with godly beliefs. What God's word says about our situation so how do we maintain our joy racing now just to finish how do we maintain our joy there's this well-known passage isn't there which is really the the textbook for maintaining our joy there's so much in this i'm not going to focus on it all but i'll read it to you rejoice in the lord always i'll say it again rejoice look for the clues as we read this let your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near Someone needs to hear that this morning. It may appear that he's absent or distant or not communicating, but he's near. The Lord is near. When we were on that retreat the the other day, um, this detox thing, um, I was reminded of something um, when when I was uh, going through a situation a few years ago and... uh, and Paul says, I don't know where it is, it's in one, it's one, one of the letters, and he said, um, um, and no one came to my aid, but the Lord stood at my right hand. Amazing. And maybe you're in a situation right now where where you're just struggling, it feels like you're on your own, it feels like you're facing challenges, it might be at work or I don't know what situation it is, it may feel like everyone else has abandoned you and forgotten you and they're not interested and not standing up for you. You're just all on your own. And, and Paul says this lovely promise, is not he? That he says, it, you know, there was nobody there for me, but the Lord stood at my right hand. That's so powerful, isn't it? Place, him, place that in your situation with whatever you're facing tomorrow. The Lord's standing at your right hand. He's there right next to you helping you to endure, helping you to keep going, giving you fresh courage, strengthening you, giving you peace and comfort and putting the joy of the Lord in your heart, giving you a praise song to sing. He's standing at your right hand right there. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things joy stealers go away I'm going to think about these things whatever you've learned or received from me or seen in me put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you So, what do we do then? How do do we um, maintain our joy? Joy is a choice. Number one, we've already said that. Number two, pray. Pour your heart out to God about your circumstances. Number three, be thankful in all circumstances. That's why our perspective changes when we start thanking God for what, we do have rather than what we don't have for what he's done in the past what he's doing for who he is we're thankful in all our circumstances number four focus on positive and pure things that's what Paul is saying in that passage and this isn't the passage but I wanted to add it anyway learn to laugh more you know we need to learn to laugh more we have always we've always been quoted these quotes aren't we about children laugh I don't know how many thousand times a day and adults laugh About three times, if you're lucky, in one day. Bildad said to Job, in Job 8.21, he will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. I want to declare that over some of you who've lost your joy, who are going through circumstances and going through pain right now and troubles right now. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. You will return to the house of the Lord and declare his praises. You will return with a mouth full of laughter and lips with shouts of joy, like the people around you. What a promise. The two go hand in hand. A sense of humour will get you through the toughest of times. Doctors say that laughter is like internal jogging. It's good for you. If only, I say Rob, if only we could replace laughter with jogging. That would be good, wouldn't it? Doctors say that laughter is like internal jogging. It widens the arteries, it distresses your heart, it strengthens your immune system, enabling you to fight off disease. Proverbs 17, verse 22, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul, but the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. And the final thing, abiding in Christ. Jesus said this, John 15, as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've t- Listen to this. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That's the key. And this is the final, finally. Just have a think this week as you head out into this new week. Who can you bring some joy to? The fruit of the Spirit is Joy. It's joy. Joy filled people are generous people. Have we got 2 Corinthians 8 there that you can? They're generous people. These amazing uh, people in the Macedonian church, it says, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Who can you spread some joy with this week? Use your time and your talents, your gifts, your love, your, your listening ear, your support, your encouragement, your wisdom, your practical help. Can you put the last few verses up on there? Some keep going. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive and a generous person will prosper. He who refreshes others will be refreshed himself.